Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. May Compton. This podcast is available on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Also, find me on Instagram at Money Compton. You can also email the show at S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. You can also find me on the Twitterverse. Coming up on today's show, we are going to talk about the championship weekends in the NFC as well as the AFC. We're also going to talk about the, the NBA officiating fiasco that took place this past weekend. And then we're going to sum it up with a little bit of the things that have transpired in the real world over the past seven days or so. But first, before we get all serious, I was scrolling through social media today and I saw a video of, I believe, the running back for Kansas City, Isaiah Pacheco. He was, you know, celebrating in the locker room. They had just won the AFC Championship game and, you know, they usually have music playing in the locker room, but... I was talking to my sister about this the other day. That song by Lil Uzi Vert called I Just Wanna... uh, I can't even think of the word of the song right now. Um, Whatever the new Lil Uzi Vert song is called. I think it was I Just Wanna Move or I Just Wanna Dance or something like that. That song has to be the worst song I've ever heard in my entire life. It's nothing but noise in the background. I don't even know if he's rapping. It's just noise. And I saw my man Isaiah Pacheco out here gigging. Not to mention, the only Pacheco I know is the Pacheco Street in San Francisco outside in the Sunset District. So I don't really know too many Pachecos. But the fact that this man was out here gigging to that try song makes me not want to root for the Kansas City Chiefs coming up in the Super Bowl. But anyways, I thought about it. Let me know what's one of the worst songs that you've heard that has just become a phenomenon. Because every time I turn around, I hear this stupid song playing and people are just out here gigging. Like this song is... I don't know, maybe I'm just starting to become that get-off-my-lawn type of dude, but that song ain't, that's not music to me. That's nothing but noise, but email the show. Let me know what's a song that you have, that you can't stand that is turning, that ended up becoming a number one hit. I can think of a couple of them off-rip off the top of my head, so definitely want to hear it, but um, yeah, email the show. Let me know, but anyways, we are going into Super Bowl weekend. <laughs> it just so happens to fall us on Black History Month, too. <laughs> We also got two quarterbacks that are starting for the first time in Super Bowl history. In the 57 years, we got two black quarterbacks. Or as some people like to call them, to the cleaner word, when they don't want to say black quarterbacks, they will say the running slash scrambling type quarterbacks. <laughs> we got two of those in the Super Bowl coming up, man. And you know what? It is a big deal on this podcast because, one, out of the 57 Super Bowls we've had, we've only had six black quarterbacks. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm going to try to do this off the top of my head. I believe it is Doug Williams, Steve McNair, Colin Kaepernick, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton, and Pat Mahomes, all before Jalen Hurts has decided to crash the, crash the party and put his name in the hat. So you're telling me that out of 57 Super Bowls, we only gonna have, we've only had seven. You know what? I'm going to be celebrating that all day long, that we got two black quarterbacks coming in to the Super Bowl on Black History Month. I love it. I'm all for it. I want all the smoke. But let's talk about the NFC Championship game. There really ain't too much to talk about, man. Um, I thought the 49ers played essentially a handicap game. 
Um, you know, Brock Purdy came in literally on the first drive, got injured. Josh Johnson, which shout out to Josh Johnson. He is from Oakland, California. Um, Castlemont High, I believe, is where he went to. Cousin of Marshawn Lynch. So he actually has, he's pretty good friends, actually, with my sister-in-law. They're business. Um, Josh Johnson and Marshawn Lynch are business partners, not only cousins, but he does a lot of stuff. The thing about Josh Johnson is he's been in the league for 15 years. He went to college at San Diego. You know who was his head coach at San Diego? Jim Harbaugh. That's right. It wasn't at Stanford, Jim Harbaugh. We're talking about the San Diego State, Jim Harbaugh, which he was kind of the, the prototype for what he was in, what Jim Harbaugh was able to do with Colin Kaepernick. That's how long this dude has been around, okay? Not to mention, the 49ers, if you think of their history since, I believe it was 2016 when Colin Kaepernick was no longer their quarterback, they have Blake Bortles, C.J. Betha, who I don't know is, I don't know if he is or it is not related to Mason Betha, um, OnlyFans Jimmy Garoppolo, Lapdance Lance, and Brock Purdy have all once upon a time started a game in their life. 2016 wasn't that long ago, ladies and gentlemen. It's only, you know, it's only been a few years ago. With that being said, there's two different takes on this that I thought of when I watched this. I mean, quote unquote, if you excuse my language, this ass whipping that the, the Eagles won. One, let's see, I'm, I'm going to talk about the Eagles first and foremost. The Eagles, okay, they smoked the New York Giants, which, if we're keeping it a buck, the New York Giants were only there. At, they were only there because, I mean, they beat the Minnesota Vikings. So, I mean, golf clap for y'all for doing what you were supposed to do, but that team was lemon booty. Hadn't really, they really didn't have no business being in the playoffs, but whatever. They beat the New York, they beat the Minnesota Vikings. Regardless if the Minnesota Vikings are going to win, they're probably going to get steamrolled by the Eagles as well. So I really don't know what to make of this Philadelphia Eagle team outside of the fact that they smoked the Giants. And they, I'm not going to say they didn't play well against the 49ers, but they didn't play good. Um, there was, they, they, I mean, they played basically 11 on 10 football with no quarterback against the, you know, that the 49ers had. So I don't know really what to take away from that game outside of the fact that the 49ers really essentially, once when Josh Johnson got in the game, you still kind of had a feeling that maybe the 49ers can get jiggy with it just based off the fact that at that point, I think they only gave up seven points before the halftime, before Josh Johnson fumbled, couldn't even hand, handle the snap, fumbled the snap, fumbled in his face right before halftime. They ended up going up 21-7, I believe. Um, and also... That Devontae Smith catch wasn't really a catch. I don't know why the upstairs booth couldn't really kind of call that down like they did against the Kansas City games when they had the, the sky ref to be able to overturn some of those plays before um, before before the, the next play was snapped. But that's neither here or there. I don't know if that would have changed the outcome of the game. But you can see really after the Josh Johnson fumble, the writings was on the wall. The team, the defense, I kept telling my boy, I kept telling my boy, I was like, yo, the defense is doing what they're supposed to do, but eventually that defense is going to get tired because the offense can't move the ball worth a damn. Offense can't move worth, if the offense can't move the ball, that means the defense is out there a little bit longer. The defense is out there a little bit longer, they're more susceptible of having boneheaded plays. And unfortunately, that's what happens. So that's all I could really take away from the game. But I will say this, some of y'all are superstitious, some of y'all may not be. Some of y'all believe in karma. Some of y'all may not believe in karma. I'm a firm believer in both of them. I think this might have been a little bit of karma of how the San Francisco 49ers have treated Colin Kaepernick. 
during the 2016 season. You know, the whole national anthem thing, whatever, that's neither here or there. But you couldn't tell me in 2016 that Colin Kaepernick did not deserve a chance to run that back over C.J. Bethel or Blake Bortles. Come on, man. Or, or Nick Mullins. I just forgot about him. Like, come on, man. So, I'm just saying, maybe they might want to give that man a phone call sometime in the offseason. Pick up the phone. Just say, hey, would you be open to coming in on one of these games and be an honorary captain, and we celebrate your your tenure here with the 49ers. It's up to him to decide no, but I think it's probably about that time you all want to, might want to pick up the phone. Going to the NFC Championship game six times out of the last 12 years and three out of the last four with only two Super Bowl bursts and no Super Bowl wins, I hate to say it, man. It's kind of a disappointment. Um, it kind of it don't really mean nothing. What it means is y'all just close. It means y'all almost there. It means that y'all ain't been able to put it together. That's what it means. So I don't know what the changes are. And, I, you know, yesterday you can definitely get a pass. Like, you know, you played a handicapped game. Do you have a future quarterback in, in Brock Purdy? I would go out on a limb and say, yeah. I don't know how Lap Dance Lance gets a opportunity for the starting quarterback. Barring some type of another freak accident, which... I mean, for some reason, San Francisco, they just can't keep quarterbacks healthy for whatever the reason is. You know, I, I, I can think of, I mean, hell, Kirk Cousins. I don't know how long he's been in Minnesota, but he, for some reason, he, he was still been able to hold on. Derek Carr, all the way up until this season, has been able to hold on to his job. Hell, Ryan Tannehill has been able to keep his job at Tennessee if we don't want to talk about elite quarterbacks uh, all the way up until this season before he got hurt. So, I don't know what the issue is in San Francisco. Hopefully the issue is resolved with uh, with Brock Pretty. But there is something around there that smells a little funky. And if you want to believe in karma, and if you don't, that's neither here or there. I've been in the military for, uh, I was in the military for a long time. I have visualized what goes around comes around. And I am a firm believer in that because I saw it happen too many times. So, I don't know what the Niners do, but they're on a very, very team rookie-friendly contract with Brock Purdy, which means that you can drop the bag on Christian McCaffrey, which, if we keep it in a buck, once you drop that bag on a running back, I don't know if that's a good investment or not. You got Debo Samuel signed up to a long-term deal. Brandon Ayuk, the bill's due on him. What you going to do with him? You going to give him the franchise tag? George Kittle, I think, is locked up for another deal. Um, you got Nick Bosa, who's, who's going to want his payday as well. Eric Armstead is going to be wanting his money as well. Trent Williams, he's he's getting up there in age. You know, are, are y'all is he going to be on the Andrew Wentworth tour where you're going to have to kind of talk to him, talk him into coming back in for another year? I don't know. But I know one thing's for sure. That Niners championship window, it may not be, the door may not be as wide as people think it is. So they got to figure out what they're going to do. And they better try to get as many players as they can on a one-year rental this year. And try to just go all in and upcoming in this 2023 season. Now, with the AFC Championship game. I saw the game. I thought, for the most part, it was a entertaining game. It's a rivalry game. For, well, I, don't, I mean, it's a rivalry game now. Now that the fact that Kansas City has been, able to, has, has been able to put together a win yesterday. I, did, I was talking to my boy earlier today. And we talked about it because we pretty much watched the game together. For the most part, we thought... 
that the game was officiated pretty pretty fairly. But I did forget about that weird third down, which Kansas City kind of got an extra down. I thought about that. But at the same time, Cincinnati gave up only 20 points all the way up until that last field goal, which in most cases you should be able to beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs' defense is pretty it's, – it's okay. It's not It's not like the Philadelphia Eagles or the San Francisco 49ers. Like their, their defense is okay. But their defense is also very, very susceptible to big plays as well as the run. So I didn't understand – the, the, the backlash off of one officiating mishap, I guess. Um, I, 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 I forgot all about that mishap, honestly. And that, to me, that was, I don't, I got to look at the film again, but I don't know how much of a difference it make. Did they get three points or did they get seven points? Um, but I didn't think too much of it. But going back at the game, I thought the game was very, very good. The game was tightly contested. And I also think that, um, the 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 Kansas City Chiefs, the first two drives being the fact that they only mustered out six points in those first two drives, I thought was a little underwhelming, honestly. I thought they if they jumped that lead up to maybe 14, 17 zip, it was going to be a daunting task for the Bengals to come back. So they let the Bengals hang around for a majority of the game going into that fourth quarter, and for them to be able to tie it up late in the fourth quarter with a chance to win, it was it was. It was it was there. It was within them. I picked the I picked the Bengals to win. I thought they were close, but they didn't get it done. Um, does that make me think that the the Bengals are trash? Nah, I, I, you know, and I got to eat a little bit of crow because I thought they were just like kind of of a, a I'm not gonna say a fluky championship berth going into the Super Bowl last year. I'm not gonna say that, but I did think that they had that Sweet Sixteen in the NCAA tournament type of vibe to them, where I didn't know if they were gonna be able to run it back. They also were very, you know, missing three out of your starting five offensive linemen. It definitely showed yesterday. Joe Burrow was was being harassed all all game long. Um, you know, had a, had a fumble, also had an interception. So he had a couple of mishaps, and I, and I think that's definitely a result of a not having a fully capacity, a fully healthy offensive line, offensive unit, offensive line unit. So, um, you know, we got Chiefs, Eagles. Very, very interesting Super Bowl coming up uh, in about two weeks. I will talk about that more next, next week on next week's show as far as my, my predictions, the preview and whatnot. But I, I, I definitely thought that the AFC Championship, obviously, it was a no-brainer. It was more entertaining than the NFC Championship. One, too much, like I said, the 49ers could do. Um, I did say that the Niners, if they had a fully healthy team, that anything less than a Super Bowl victory would have been a bust. But... You get a pass this year for obvious reasons. So, with that being said, that's your NFC and AFC Championship Weekend Recap. One thing I saw... What was I doing Saturday night? I was doing something Saturday night, but I saw it on my timeline that LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers got mad about a missed call that cost it in the game. And I looked back, watched a little bit of the game the next day, um, and I saw Patrick Beverly took a camera from the cameraman and showed it to the referee of the miss, blatant missed call that maybe the Lakers would have won in regulation. Well, Pat Beverly, show the referee the picture of you missing those free throws before that play, that controversial play even happened. Show show the referee that 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 picture of you missing the free throw where had you made your free throws, you more than like y'all more than likely wouldn't have been in an overtime. Show show that picture. I also saw the Lakers talking about they've lost three games a season. Because of poor officiating. 
Well, if my math is correct, I believe the Lakers have 27 losses this season. So you mean to tell me what the hell happened in the 24, the other 24 losses that y'all not had this season? Who? So you've you've, you've set aside three losses. You gonna blame that on the refs? Oh, okay. Well, what about the other 24 losses that y'all got? What about that? Because I, I I I don't understand the outrage right now about the referees missing calls. Was that a blatant call? Absolutely. But I don't understand why LeBron James got to be out here flipping and flopping, looking like he damn near about to cry over a missed call. Mind you, the game went into overtime as well. Okay? Which means, what happened in overtime? What happened in overtime? They lost. And really, honestly, I was talking to my, my boy about this earlier today. When Pat Beverly showed that uh that that picture the, the show that brought the camera to the officiate the official and got teed up, that should have been in the bout right there. Cause I don't think it happened before overtime started. <laughs> so I'd have been like, yo, man, call the free throw, game over. He makes it cool. We, you know, the game's over. If he misses it, then we'll play overtime. But it just the Lakers need to grow up, man. First of all, y'all are sorrier than sorry this season. Y'all are playing a little bit better. I'll give you that. I give you that you're playing a little bit better, okay? But you're still in like the 12th place. You're not even in a playing tournament where the the first 10 teams get in to get opportunity at the at the big dance. So you're not even there, okay? So take it easy about how y'all keep getting played out of the refs. All right, LeBron James. It was about ooh, you've been in the league for 20 years now, so I don't know how many years ago this was, but I remember specifically y'all the Cleveland Cavaliers were playing against the Phoenix Suns. Jason Richardson's stupid self tries to go for a 360 dunk and LeBron actually fouled him and they didn't call it. So LeBron, let's not act like you ain't had a whole bunch of calls not going your favor now. Okay? Let's just keep it a buck. Now, why are we talking about LeBron James on, on this hand? He put out a tweet ooh, Friday night. I believe it was Friday. Either Thursday or Friday. Saying something, it'd be it, we be our worst enemy or something to that realm. We we be our worst enemy, and more than likely it was leading. It was it was a it was a tweet about the the Trey Nichols murder in Memphis, Tennessee. LeBron James, you might want to listen to a song called "Black Cop" by KRS-One if you're talking about we be our own worst enemies. Okay, let's start there. Two. I'm going to tell you all a little something, something about me. When I travel, and I do travel a lot. Well, I'm going to tell you all some things that I do just as a black person. And I don't know how y'all going to take it, but this is my show and y'all just going to have to listen to it. If y'all don't, that's cool too. If y'all choose to not listen, y'all part of the problem. But I'm going to tell you all this right now. When I travel, there are certain makes and models of cars that I choose not to, 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 to drive. Okay, there's a certain make and model cars I choose not to drive. Well, why is why is that? Now it's too high profile. It's too 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 much. Too more susceptible for probably getting pulled over. Okay. Now I was working. Well, I was at my cousin's house last year, or during the pandemic, and I was talking to my cousin. I was like, "Hey, I need you to use your printer. My insurance. I need to print out my new insurance card." And she was like, "Why don't you just you know you ain't got your insurance card on your phone?" I was like, "Yeah, me being a black person showing." I said, "Do you trust the police officer giving you as a black person giving your phone when something happens?" Yeah, I, I'm not really with that. Okay, so I'd rather just be old school and keep the pre, the the insurance paper copy. Just 
I don't feel comfortable getting the police officer on my phone. It's just how I feel. Um, when I go and travel, like I said, I have to make sure that I'm in a pretty good neighborhood. Or I, I try to not. I try to make sure that I'm not doing anything crazy. That I try to keep a low profile because last thing I need if I'm getting pulled over in a rental car these days. I don't know if y'all been in rental cars recently. They don't give you those um, those slips that are technically your registration. Like it's basically your word against theirs. And then I'm pretty sure. I don't feel like. Well, I'm not gonna say I'm pretty sure. I don't know what the jurisdiction is if you get pulled over in a rental car. What ends up happening in today's day and age when you when it's basically a digital registration you don't really have proof technically to say that you're in this rental car unless they call the rental car i'm saying all to say i don't have time my life don't have time to be playing all these different what if scenarios okay because at the end of the day the chances of me getting put in a box are a lot higher if you don't have the same skin color as me now to go on to the trade nickel situation i didn't watch the video and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna watch the video. So it's kinda hard for me to talk about something that I ain't watched, but when you've seen these things for so many years, you kinda you kinda get an idea of what's going on. You know, you have five black police officers that beat the living day beat this man to death. Ain't not even closer. They beat the man they beat that man to death. You know, you as for me personally, I don't need to see all that. I mean it paints enough of a picture to me. What was very, very interesting to me was that incident happened on January the 10th, I think is when he was pronounced dead. There was already rumblings before really essentially last Thursday about what really happened. Now, nine times out of 10, team security and team personnel or not team personnel, but team security, the person that kind of briefs the 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 the, the, the basketball side of uh, of operations is usually like a former FBI agent, a former federal agent, a former police officer, former military guy. Usually has something that has a strong background in law enforcement. You mean to tell me that? It took the Memphis Grizzlies all the way up until this past Friday to finally speak up about what the hell happened in your own hometown. That don't sit right with me. That don't sit right with me at all. And not to mention Memphis, the city of Memphis probably had more of the stuff is a scoop of what was going on than the national media outlets. And they just waited until Friday to come up with a moment of silence. That don't sit well with me. And I saw the John Morant uh, public statement that he made a few days ago. Um, pertaining to what happened, but at the end of the day, I think it was, you know, it was, it was a little, as a team that represents the city of Memphis, I think it was a little, a little on the late side, if you ask me, but, um, seeing these things over and over and over again, unfortunately, the fact that I have to fix my lips and say I'm immune to this is part of the problem. I don't care if the cops were white, black, purple. That blue, that badge bond that these these dudes be these, these folks be having is real. It's totally real, you know. And then the simple fact that 
the city of Memphis and all these other cities was bracing for protests. Hey, man, people always want to bring up the Rodney King uh, protest back in the 90s. Them protests didn't happen until after those police officers were acquitted. Just saying. Just saying. Somebody told me the other day, well, what about George Floyd? That That's one. One over the last 400 and some odd years? We're keeping score like that? That we got one out of the last 400 some odd years. That we supposed to be okay with this. Again. And if we keeping it all the way 100. We keeping it all the way real. The George Floyd situation happened in the middle of the pandemic. Well couldn't nobody do nothing but stay home and watch it. Because it was on every news media outlet. It was on your phones. It was in your classrooms. It was being discussed at the workplace if you were still working. So while justice was served. Justice had to be served. They had to serve justice because the world was at a standstill. People talk about defund the police, defund the police. And certain people get just think that defund the police. Especially when people that look like me that say defund the police thinks that they mean that it's just time to take away the gun and the badge. That's not what defund the police means necessarily. It means that all of these no-knock warrants, these scorpion units, you ain't got to do all that. There's a story right now in Galveston, Texas, where a police unit went and bombarded a house looking for a 17-year-old and basically damn near burnt down the man's house at 2 a.m. when they had the suspect that they could have sat there and charged at 2 p.m. earlier that day and didn't do nothing with it, letting him go all the way back to the house. where they do that at? Okay? Because I don't know. I don't know where they do that at. So when you say defund the police, we're talking about the the excessive force that needs to take place. I've here's what I've always been a firm believer: all these cities and all these counties, whatever the whatever the budget that's been set up for the the recruits and the trainees to go, they need to do it like the military. The military, if you're in the army, you go to about there's only four or five. I could be wrong. Five different places that you can go and start your military career when it comes to basic combat training. Okay. The same needs to go for these damn police departments. Whatever you pony up to start your new police cadet recruit. So if you, let's just say here in the city of Las Vegas, you are pumping out. I don't know, I don't know what the cycle is, but let's just say you start with, you get 20 new police officers. You send them 20 police cadets up to a centralized location with all the other counties. Y'all put in the money, put it together, and you put them in as if in the military for six weeks of rigorous training non-stop in a centralized location i guarantee you you'll have a better 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 way of how not only one one you'll be you'll, you'll be able to weed out the, the 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 weak links the people that are just there just to be like oh i got a gun in the badge but you're gonna you're gonna find out who really want to do this or not okay you're gonna really find out who, who really bought that life or not if you do centralized locations when it comes to police units 
All you got to do is whatever resources that you all had, you move those re you move those resources, the funding, up to a centralized location, pay the state, and bam, you good. Okay, it's it's, it's pretty it's pretty simple if you ask me. It's very simple. But the simple fact that this man, from what the police chief of Memphis, Mr. Nichols, was driving a car, and there was no probable cause for any type of reason for that man to get pulled over. And yet these cops beat the living daylights out of this man. Well, this man was screaming for his mama because he was less than 100 yards away from his, his mom's house, hoping that his mom would hear him. Okay. So I'm just trying to figure out what more do we got to, what else needs to happen? We done seen somebody die on, on, on TV. We saw somebody get choked out. Now we're seeing cops beating the, beating the living daylights out of people. We've had cops walk into somebody else's house and say that it's their house and shoot and kill somebody. We had the no-knock warrant where the cops busted in somebody's house, killed the innocent bystander. My question is, why does this only happen to us? Why? So when I say police reform, I'm not sitting there saying abolish the police and it's just a wild, wild west around here. No. No, 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 no. We need to figure out a better way of handling situations that don't require excessive force. We also need to start determining what is considered excessive force. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. But the simple fact that you just had five police officers and possibly a sixth one do all of that was totally uncalled for. Totally unjustifiable. And the things that LeBron James said didn't make the situation better. And I'm being, you know, I'm being, I'm probably the only one that's going to say this, but I find it very, very, very frustrating for me. One, it was already hard for me to get jiggy with the Memphis Grizzlies, just based off the fact that they try to act like tough guys when they haven't done nothing. Talked about that last week on my show. Go check that out. But the simple fact that it took them all this time to say something. You know, somebody asked me, somebody asked me, it was like, yo, why are they playing? Why are they still playing? Why, you know, why ain't they sitting out? I don't know if sitting out is, is, is a, is the move. And I feel it. I, I don't know if I'd have, I, I don't know if I'd have been protesting the game. Um, that's just me. So I, I didn't think of they needed to protest the game. But on the same token, what was that? Jake, Jacob Blake, I believe during the bubble playoffs. Um, the, the, the Milwaukee Bucks, the, the dude who got all that excessive force on him in Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Bucks were willing to forfeit a playoff game because they want to change. Luckily they, they didn't, they didn't forfeit that game, but they were at the point where they was like, nah, we will chalk that up for a loss. We ain't playing. We ain't, we won't play. You know, I, I don't blame them. I don't know if this, you know, if the, if the, if the Grizzlies, I'm not going to fault the Grizzlies for playing their games that they played. I know they were on the West Coast this last week or so, so I'm not going to fault them on that. 
But I am going to say something about why did it take for them to finally say something on Friday and Saturday. That's the part that just don't make sense to me. You could even say something Friday, Thursday when the five police officers had gotten fired and they got charged for murder. Why did it take a video to come out when pretty much all of the evidence is already out there? That just don't add up to me. It don't add up to me. But here we are. I feel like we're on rinse and repeat, unfortunately, and it sucks. Like, I don't like having these conversations on my show. I really don't. I like to have fun. I like to be able to talk about other things. I like to be able to talk about actual sports. But the simple fact that I feel like maybe once or twice a year, we got to go here. Because we as a society, for some reason, seem to be having these weird, unfortunate, sad murders on tv on tv like it's it's open cnn broadcasted that 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 video and from what i was told it was over 66 minutes long unedited i don't know how many different camera angles or what what was the what was the end result outside i mean i know what the end result was the man you know they they he died that was the end result but the simple fact that they showed this 66 minute long video and like I said, I feel like I do these shows Once a year and now uh, you know, I feel like it's once a year Every year it's something Every year An innocent black person dies You know what I mean hell Kyle Rittenhouse killed two white people at a damn protest and came off and got off of, got acquitted off of that. So I'm asking y'all, when is, when is this going to change? When is this going to change? Because I'm tired. I'm tired of not have, I'm tired of whenever I go out of town, I got to be even more careful. Because I'm not trying to sit there and get locked up. And, 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 and I got to explain myself. The biggest fear of a black man is having to explain themselves to the cops when they ain't got nothing, when they've done absolutely nothing wrong. That's the biggest fear. That's the biggest fear. You doing everything you're supposed to do. And you can sit there and still get jammed up just because. It's the biggest fear, man. So if, until you've actually felt that. Until you've actually felt that. Or it's happened to you. Don't tell me anything about what history has shown me. Or what the future is. Because the future is based off of our history. We can hope for the best. But when it comes to this. Until some big time changes happen, we're going to keep talking about this over and over again. So, you be the judge. You, 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 you know, you let me know. Because this ain't, this don't make no sense. That being said, I can't even end the show on the dummy of the day. 
because it don't make no sense to even try to try to lighten the show up even more than what it needs to be. But I will say this: the dummy of the day goes out to anybody who's who's asking that question. Why did that man run after he was detained by the police? Y'all are the dummy of the day. The police are supposed to protect and serve. What part of them 66 minutes did that video look like it was protecting and serving? I'll wait. Again, that badge, the bond of that badge is a lot stronger than what y'all think it is. And January the 7th was a prime example again. Once again, you listen to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. Money Compton. We do the show about once a week. Next week, we'll talk about the pre my predictions of the Super Bowl. We'll definitely talk about the NBA because we got some talking to do about them. We definitely got a lot of talking to do about the NBA as far as why I really haven't been rocking with the NBA this year. But we'll definitely follow it up that next week. You can find me on Instagram at Money Compton. You can also email the show at S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. Again, email me. Let me know what's one of the worst songs that was a, a, a smash hit that you just was like, yo, turn it off. Um, you can also email me, like I said, find me on the Twitterverse at S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. Email the show again at S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S at gmail, gmail.com. Other than that, be safe. We'll see you next week.